0: Okay, that's enough. Let's listen to this episode. Welcome to The Stacks, a podcast about books and the people who read them. I'm your host, Tracy Thomas, and today we have two very illustrious guests. Jesus nice and the kid marrow aka the bodega boys you know them from the number one show on late night Jesus and Mero on Showtime and from their bodega boys podcast they are now New York Times best-selling authors with the release of their book God level knowledge darts life lessons from the Bronx before we get to the episode I want to say a huge thank you to the stacks pack aka the people who support the work of this show on patreon each month they contribute five dollars that helps me to make this show and get gets them access to our virtual book club and more. I am forever grateful that the Sax pack exists and I would be lost without y'all. This week, I'm sending an extra grateful shout out to Liz Moriarty, Jen Kuzmer, Bethany Scogan, David Hobgood, Anne Sider, Selena Pichardo, Caroline, Jennifer Monsalve, Elizabeth Hudson, and Ellen Q. Thank you all so much. Okay, it's bodega boy time. All right, everybody, Ooh. I am here with the real-life Bodega Boys, a.k.a. Yeah. on top yeah. of a.k.a. Deezus yeah. and Mero. What's up, you guys? Welcome yeah. to the Stacks. Well, what up, What up, Stacks? You. Bodega
1: Boys in the building. You know in the building, you know the vibes. You know what I'm saying?
0: I'm so excited. They used to
1: call me Stacks on the block. You know what I'm oh, saying? We out here.
0: okay, okay. Different Stacks, yes. but I'll take literary it. Yes, literary
1: Stacks.
2: Because <laughs> it. I almost died in the New York Public Library Stacks. So yeah, well, that's
0: that. the kind of stacks that I'm more <laughs> attuned to. But yeah. you know what? I, this is a stacks. In, this is a stacks inclusive zone, so all stacks yes. welcome here. We always start with the same question, which is: in about thirty seconds or so, can you tell us about the book God Level Knowledge Darts? God Level Knowledge
2: Darts. Uh, it's just a it's a roadmap to guide you through life, as seen through two
0: formerly dusty inhabitants of the Bronx. <laughs> Bam. There it is. Okay.
1: It is very good bad advice.
0: It is very, That's actually really well done. I actually think some of the advice is really good.
1: Oh, yeah. It's lived
0: it's yeah.
1: lived experience and it's stuff we've
2: actually gone through that hopefully after seeing our viewpoint of it, you'll know whether to make that choice
0: or go in the opposite direction. Yeah. Um, do you guys have you guys ever done a book podcast? I think we have. We've been doing a press tour right now. So we've been doing
2: book podcasts, but each and every book podcast is unique, and we will treat this
1: one as such.
0: And we're the best. Don't worry; you don't have to repeat that, but it's true.
1: Because yeah, number one, number top two, and it's not two. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm
0: exactly. That's exactly right. Thank you. Shout out to Oprah. <laughs> I, what I want to know is how you guys wrote the book together, because you—it's very much in your voice. I mean, it's even, Marrow, mm-hmm. yours is even in your font. Like, you guys are really mm-hmm. going for it. But my question is, how did you actually write it? Did you guys sit down at a computer? Were you together? Were you just shooting the shit? Were you recording yourself and then transcribing? Like, how did you bring the book to life?
1: Shout out to our Google overlords, you know, who will soon take over the planet because they did this thing. Called, they made this thing called Google Docs where it's like we literally had like a living document where... I was in there, Jesus was in there, Ben our editor was in there, Dan our agent was in there. At any point in time, it was any, you know, permutation of those people and like you could literally see each other writing in real mm-hmm. time. So it was it was very much like the process that we have for everything, which is just like a, ba- a back and forth kind of banter chemistry. Definitely. If it was like the old school, like let me just like email you a transcript <laughs> of what I wrote and then you email back and I feel like it wouldn't It would have, it would, it would read a little more stilted than it does. You know what I mean? Like, because, as you said, like, it reads very conversationally and very, like, back and forth. Right. And it works. You know what I mean? And that format that we did it in worked perfectly for that.
2: But then also, like, when we started out, we sat down at a conference table at Random House. Shout out to Random House the Gods. And we just came up with the topics we were going to talk about. So it was kind of like a checklist, like, talk about this topic this topic this topic so we kind of went in there with tent poles and we knew what we were going to write about so that way it was just it wasn't like oh okay i've just came out with this topic out of out of blue we knew what we were going to talk about and then the google document was just kind of like the irrigation ditch that just kept us on track to actually come out with a final product
0: right was it difficult to to hold on to your voices As you're writing this book, because I know that for some people, I mean, you guys are you guys are writers before you were on TV. But was it hard to find kind of that balance of what we know you as on television and on the podcast and put that into the written word?
2: Uh, Not so much because, I mean, it sounds weird, but I think the same way I talk. So Mm -hmm. in my head, I sound exactly the way I talk. So transcribing that isn't hard. So right. if anything, I think the, pro- the problem would be the way I talk is uh, I'll just say something like really quick and then keep moving. Then I'll go back. And when I'm rereading, it, it's like, I want to change this. I want to say it a different way. And I can get fixated on that. So sometimes that would happen, like the perfectionist just trying to get it to sound exactly like Jesus, the way right. I want it to come across. So like that was the only problem. But it was never really a case of losing my voice because like oh, we're so Bronx. That everything we say comes out Bronx, so it's like there's we're never gonna have a paragraph that you read. You're gonna be like, wow, that sounds like Scarsdale. Like, no, it's Bronx all day. You you feel you know the vibes. (laughs) Yeah, you
1: already know. Yeah, now for me, it was just like I'm I'm used to writing from like just like off the top of the head. Like everything has always been freestyle. From like when I was blogging to doing like music reviews and all the Vice stuff and noisy and all that crap. But like it was just it to me, it was just like yo go. You know what I mean? Because this book, you know, it's not going to there, there's no software update for a book. Right. So this, what it is, what the, what you're living right now in this year that you're writing this book is going to come through in this book. So, like, to you know, it's kind of like a time capsule. Right. So it's just like I was just stream of consciousness. And you could tell, like, when you read the book, there's like I, I veer off a lot and I'll just like talk like I'll be talking about my kids and then start talking about a song that's playing in the background while I'm writing right? and I'll be like wow this song is really fucking good you know what I'm saying so like (laughs) that so it reads that way it's very 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 stream of consciousness and you
0: all wrote this book a little bit ago because your ages in the book are not your ages now but you said that they I think right yeah we wrote this book almost two years ago well yeah with the whole book writing
2: process it's just like you write it and then they got to get proofread and then Published and then even our book release got pushed back because of corona. So even right, that so there's some parts right. of the book I read and I'm just like, oh wow. I can remember specifically where I was when I wrote that and it's like, right. wow, that does not even apply to my life anymore. There's people in the book <laughs> that were not that's not in my life anymore when I was writing the book. Right. So, you know, it's it's literally a snapshot of our lives at that given moment when we were writing the book.
0: And in the book you don't I mean on the show And in the podcast, you guys talk about current events. You talk about politics. You guys have had so many politicians on. But in the book, none of that is there. Was that a conscious choice of, like, this is going to be a time capsule, so we don't want to too much date ourselves?
2: Mm -hmm. Definitely. I know on my side, definitely, because it reminds me of uh, late at night because I have, like, terrible insomnia now. Every now and then when I'm watching Golden Girls, they'll do something super political that makes no sense today. Like the other night they were losing their mind because Dan Quayle was in town. And you're just, like, I know, I get that joke, <laughs> but, like, if you're 15, you're just like, what? Who? What? Wait, what? And, like, we didn't want to do that in our book. Like, it was super easy to do, like, jokes that would have been topical and hilarious at the moment when we were writing them. But what were we laughing about two years ago? It would not right. be funny now to read it in a book, especially now, during Corona. Like, if we're, like, I don't even remember what was funny two years ago. Who knows? It could have been like yeah. something about Hillary Clinton's emails. Like, you don't want to be right. some watch comedian still doing jokes from two years ago.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. This question, I've been thinking about this question since before I ever knew I was going to have you all on the podcast. I know Shay Serrano is someone that you guys know, and I love Shay. Shay. He was on, he's so great. He was on the podcast last year. And in talking to, he- to him, I realized that sort of the, persona that Shay has on Twitter and in his writing sort of is almost, gosh, this is such a hard question. I don't know how to say it. So I'm going to just push through, but he is so smart. And I understood that when I started talking to him about his book and he started talking about his process and what he was thinking about and how he was crafting his work. However, the persona that we see online is someone that's super casual and someone that just things just pop into his head and he says whatever he's feeling. And after talking to him, I went and I saw you guys live here in LA. And one of the big takeaways from your live show for me, and then in reading this book and in watching you and being just like, you know, a fangirl is that you're so smart. And I can tell that the work that you're doing is crafted and really thought out, but how do you guys balance that part of yourselves with the sort of persona or the performance part of what you do, which is a lot, feels a lot more casual and almost like the audience is supposed to think that you guys don't even think about it and it's just all natural so i guess the question is how much of your performance is crafted and also how much of that do you really think about
2: you you want to get your mind blown Listen, right now this is
1: gonna sound very bad oh no this is gonna sound very bad you and, wanna, arrogant you wanna, and like whatever you wanna but it up, really is just off the top all the time is,
2: when we go into an arena and it's like it's time to get ready. And we do the audio check, which to this day, we have no idea what the audio check means. We just go on this. We just, we just get on stage and go, you're. Then we go backstage and we might smoke. We might drink. And we go on stage and there's literally nothing is written. There's nothing impromptu. There's no jokes made ahead of time. Everything you see on stage, anytime we perform, any podcast we do, that's 100% of the moment right then and there.
1: Uh, and it's a one of one every time. Every wow. time. Wow. It's,
2: it's, and it's, it's gotten to the point where, and then we just enjoy doing it. Like the feeling, right. like I'm cracking Mirror up, Mirror's cracking me up, we got the audience cracking up. And what happens a lot of times at live shows, we go long. We are just having so much fun, we physically have to be forced off the stage because <laughs> we will just keep going. And there's <laughs> the most infamous story Wilbur Theater in Boston. We're just going. And before the show starts, our managers, everyone's like, they're like, listen, when we flash this light, that means get off the stage. That's like your 15-minute warning. If you hear this noise, that means get off the stage. We're having a ball, and like <laughs> I'm maybe on my sixth beer, and I'm saying to myself, I'm like, yo, we killing yeah. this. And I literally say it to the mic. I was like, y'all want another hour of this? And then you look to the side, and you see someone with a flashlight flashing it furiously. And then we go <laughs> no to the side. No more, no
1: more. And we're these like, what's going lives. on? And there's
2: a manager, and he's like, the staff needs to go home. You guys oh have been God. going for too long. Like, please, these kids, they have kids. Just stop, please. They're begging us, and it's like we're just having fun. But it just comes so easily for us. It's just we've had such terrible jobs in the past, and mm. now we're, our job is to make other people laugh while making ourselves laugh. So like you can't go wrong with that, and it's just so much fun to do. So no, there's no jokes written, and that terrifies people when they have to work with us because sure. when before we started doing the show, you know, people was like, "All right, what's going in the prompter?" And we were just like, "Nothing." Just leave the prompter blank, and if Nothing. you tell a production company, leave a pro- leave a prompter blank, or you tell a network executive they that they get nervous, they yeah. get very nervous. So, right, but we, wow. you know, we've done the work to prove that we could do it, but nothing's pre written.
0: Nothing's pre written. How much reading and how much stuff are you guys consuming? Because you're talking about oh. things in the moment about oh. you guys, like your wealth All of knowledge mm-hmm. is just crazy. So, what sort of stuff are you consuming? i guess right now what are you reading what are you watching what stuff is everything. filling you
1: up bro Oof. just con- we're like two like, like too, literally everything under the sun we're like, like bad shows good shows everything like, <laughs> like good we're books, just books, consuming books, media
2: i'm like I, anything that's on netflix right now whether it's good or bad like there's stuff on netflix i watch and i'm cringing as i'm watching it but i'm like <laughs> i have to have this as a point of reference going forward for the show because other people are going to refer to it and I don't, you know, I don't want to get caught out there like that. Reading lots of magazines because with, you know, we're stuck at home because of, right? um, because of the COVID. So you just have a time and like, I have insomnia so I'm always like reading stuff, reading Anything that comes on a timeline, like stuff that I before I was like, I don't have time for this. I'm reading medium articles. I'm reading QAnon conspiracy theories. Just like what's going on? Like, oh, they're like, oh, the president's a robot. I'm like, "Mm, tell me more. Tell me more. But just absorbing everything, you know, playing video games. Just oh, Miro has a Twitch. We're just doing everything because uh, our job is kind of just commentating on the culture. So, you know, we, we take it in, and there's some things we take in in the culture, and we'll tell you, hey, save your time. Maybe you don't want to waste your time doing this. Maybe you don't want to waste all your life watching this terrible Netflix show that everyone is saying is really good, and it's not. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say what show it is. but
1: It's you know. not that great.
2: It's that show where everyone's <laughs> tidying up. It's, it's very it's boring.
0: <laughs> okay, how about you guys? You guys are part of the culture now, though, too. So how do you take in yourselves? Do you? I don't want it's to, like uh. a
1: basketball player watching game film it's like There's stories about rip colby the, the the goat you know what I'm saying there's stories about him like you know he'll lose they would take a loss in a game and he would stay in the gym after the the game and put up a hundred more shots and then go into the film room and watch like hours of film like I feel like being in TV and like be like you know creating this content like, you, you view it differently. Like, you're like, oh, that was a great shot. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you appreciate, like, little, like, cinematography and, like, you know, the, the way things are shot, like, certain dialogue lines, like, oh, that was clunky. Like, that didn't sound right. You know, I would have did it like this right. or whatever. So it's just, like, it's more, like, surgical than, like, you know, like, oh, like, oh. But at the same time, it's, like, it's really dope to see, what, Cause like when we go when we do the show like we see like we only see what we're doing in the moment mm. we don't see the finished polished product right. and when you know Sundays and Thursdays when the show comes on it's just like oh like yo shout out to the graphics department they freaked that or yeah. you know what I mean like it's you know and it's just like so many like f- seeing the finished product is is exciting I love it
2: I I get I, I'm like a little kid when I'm on TV it's like last night. We had the, shout out to um, Blackish. they had an election special, an animated version, but it came on after the NBA finals, yeah. so it didn't start at 10 o'clock, so it was running a little late, and I know, you know, we were in it, and our segment was about to come on at the same time as our show, and I was like, what am I going to do, because I religiously watch our show. That If you ask anyone, like even when it's time to do the podcast, if the podcast is going to interfere with the show, I'm not doing the podcast because I have to watch the show because I love watching the show. It generally cheers. It's, it's a funny show. I enjoy watching it. And it's to the point where thankfully, you know, people don't see this since the show, you know, Showtime has Showtime East and West. Mm-hmm. I time it so I can as soon as the show ends on the East Coast, I can switch and watch it again on oh, the West Coast. And if I'm staying up late enough, I will watch it a third time on the same Showtime East and laugh at the jokes as if I didn't make those jokes <laughs> and at the end of the show I'm there with tears in my eyes like damn this is a funny show and it's to, it would say I say that to say this if I was not on the show this would still be my favorite show I enjoy the show that much and it's like it's fun to create it and the end product is just amazing and it's just it, it's like a funny show it's uh, that's not gassed or anything like I'm very proud of the show we make and it brings me a lot of entertainment. So that's why when people were just like the show is whack, I'm like, well, not to me. So right. I don't know what to tell you.
0: Well, I'm, so <laughs> and they're haters and they have bad taste. Also, sorry.
2: when they say the show is whack, I was like, sorry, how's your show doing? Oh, yeah. I'm, oh, you don't have one, okay? <laughs> and oh. also, watch your tone when you're talking mm. to a New York Times best-selling author. Stupid. That's right. That's right.
0: That's right. Yeah, leave me alone is how mm-hmm. I would say it. But i you know, <laughs> I'm not from the Bronx, but I have lived in the Bronx. I want you guys to know. I lived in the Bronx. So this is a long story. But when I met my now husband, I was living in the financial district of Manhattan. And he was going to Albert Einstein Medical Mm -hmm. School in the Bronx. And then, as you guys know, that's really far apart from people. It's like about as far as you can be. Um, Mm -hmm. And then my lease was up. And you know how that story goes. I moved in with him before we moved mm-hmm. to California. So I lived in the Bronx, like in housing, you know, up. Um, oh, nice. I, yeah. So I'm, I'm fake Bronx. Yeah, you, I'm you really gotta, Californian. You
1: almost said there. there you go. If you, little, the streak, if, you, if you can remember the streak. If you can remember the street, No, I can't. You're, you're, you're good.
0: <laughs> I can't. I can't. It was all like right. t- 12 years but ago. But you know
1: what? <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Oh, you got to be.
2: all you got to just be vague. You're like, hey, I lived in the Bronx for a little bit. That's I it. lived off the five local. There you go. There you go. If you got if you, you Boom. know, because it's express. If you remember the express-
1: stop, you remember the stop. No, two <laughs> East two fifteen.
2: There you go. <laughs> I'm a five. Oh wow, you were not too far away from me. Is that that's a stop, right? Yeah.
0: Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was above yeah. ground. It was above yeah, ground, above which ground. I remember. My bones Talk remember that shit in the winter. Talk to
2: them because a lot of people in New York do not. They never venture out far enough to realize the train goes above ground. The yeah, first time you are sure on the does. train. It, and it goes above ground. You're like, what is going like, on?
0: Looking around you're thinking,
2: like, what the hell?
1: That's <laughs> the New, New York City version of the rapture.
2: You're like, oh my God, where are we going?
1: Listen, it's like a weird <laughs> rift. Because when you're coming out of the tunnel, and, like, and as a graffiti kid, I love this. Every subway tunnel that you come out of, is smashed with graffiti from on every side. So it's like you're going through like this weird vortex, like you're coming out of a dark tunnel into like this mad color yeah. color 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 And then you're like, pow, we're in the hood. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Hello.
0: Anyways, okay, enough about my My stint in the Bronx. But I just wanted you to know that I'm, you know, I'm real. I'm legit. I'm a legit Bronx. BX all day. BX all day. Yeah. I lived there for six months. Boom. Anyways. BX six months. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Six months for me. (laughs) This is actually related to your book and the current moment. I'm going to try to bring everything together in the book. Gotcha. I'll talk about the New York PD. You grew up in the Bronx, your kids of the stop and frisk era. And so I'm mm-hmm. sort of curious about right now, everyone, I guess in the last six months discovered that there was racism and that cops could be mean to people. Like that's yeah. like this thing that people are like, whoa, yeah. did you know? So I'm curious <laughs> what that's like for you guys who I'm sure have been like New York police department, super great guys. We love them. Yeah, so much. It's hilarious. <laughs> you know,
1: it's hilarious, yo! It's funny because, like, you know, to quote, you know, uh, "Rest in peace, prodigy from Mob Deep." He called them New York pricks and dicks, and I was just like, yo! I thought that getting stopped and frisked was normal. I thought mm-hmm. it was legal. Right. That's how. That's how. That's how pervasive the shit was. Right. It was just like, yo, like I'm walking to the store, and you're gonna drive down the wrong way on a one way street just to hop out, scare the shit out of me, throw me up against the wall, and ask me what I'm doing in my own neighborhood. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I, and that was just regular. You wouldn't get booked. They wouldn't bring you in. You know right. what I'm saying? Because if you look at my rap sheet, there's very few charges on it. But there was so many interactions with police where they were just like, yo, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to, like, I'm just going to fuck with this guy. You know what I mean? Like, because he, maybe he he might be doing something wrong. Maybe. Right. Because he's, you know, because he's, because he's a brown man walking around the street, he might be doing something wrong. You know? So... Those lived experiences, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like, you know, you kind of got a side eye, the people that are like, you know, oh my God, police brutality. Like, bruh, this has been happening right. for a long time, you know, and it's not new to us at all.
0: Right.
2: Yeah, it's like, it, I was, I mean, I've, I've been stopped and frisked so many times. It's to the point where someone on the timeline was complaining about their first time being stopped and frisked. And, like, they were doing, like, a long thread about it. I'm like, yo, look at your rookie. Like, come on. We've been about this. But it's also wild watching people people who are just like, they didn't know this was going on. And it's just like, you kind of, you realize how insular America is and how it's possible to just not ever... There's people who have never had a bad experience with the cops. People who love the cops. People who every interaction they've had with the cops has been good, so you can't expect them to ever think the cops are going to be bad to these people, whereas our life has generally been the complete opposite. Like, it's... For example, I think someone said they got locked out their house once, so they called the cops, and I was like, well, what? I would what? never do that. Why would you invite... That's... That is, like, a list of 100 people to call. That is not even... They're not even a 1,000. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's just our different interactions. I'm calling 99 locksmiths first. So then it's just like, (laughs) you see, you know, like, now that it's coming, the people, you know, the marches and everything, it kind of gives you a little bit of hope because at the same time, it's like, yo, we went through this, and now you see a younger generation going through it, and they're Mm -hmm. like, yo, enough is enough. And it also kind of breaks your heart that they're fighting to stop the same thing you went through that you were fighting to stop. But it gives you some hope that, you know... More people... You look at the protests now, and it's not just us. There's more people. It's more diverse. It's different people caring about it. You're getting different voices elevating this struggle, and there, something could happen. I know it's like, it seems like a losing fight, but you got to think about like even with Jim Crow and on the buses, black people not being able to sit in the front of the bus. At the time, I'm sure if you talked to people, they were like, there's no way we're ever going to change this. And right. somehow they did get it changed. So you know, maybe we're in an era right now where there can definitely be some effective change with the way the cops deal with us because it's been going on like this since day one and it can't continue going on like this. So that, you know, with all the bad experiences that I've had, you want to be hopeful for the next generation because, you know, I have my nephew and in my head I'm like, one day he's going to be stopped and frisk. and it's going to break right. my heart and I don't want him, I don't know how to deal when I get that phone call from him. And it's like, what can I do to possibly stop that from ever happening to this little kid and not giving him the trauma I've had my whole life?
0: Right, right. You guys talk a lot of shit. Yeah. In your book, you talk a little shit. On the show, you talk a lot of (laughs) shit. You guys are shit talkers. I mean, I think that's probably what I like most about you. That's what people from the Bronx do. That's what people from the Bronx do. Yeah. Yeah. Bronx six months. BX six months over here. Love to talk shit. Yeah. Yeah. I love to talk shit. But I want to know how you guys have never been scandalized or canceled or whatever. How how do you guys navigate that? Because you are not really filtered it doesn't feel like at all but there's clearly like you clearly approach things in a certain way that protects you because some people can't seem to stay uncanceled so i'm just curious if you guys even think about that
2: yeah we think about that
0: but you know what it is
2: uh, the problem isn't getting canceled is not about the joke it's about your reaction to people's reaction to it Mm. and the problem with a lot of comedians is they'll say a joke and when there's pushback for it it's like whoa 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 i was just joking and it's not that you have to if you say something, you have to be able to stand behind it. And that, you right. know, no jokes. That's what being raised in the Bronx is about. Like, if you say something, you got to say it with your chest and be able to back it up. And that's how we do our jokes. That's how we do our podcast. Like, if you're going to come to us and be like, yo, you said this and this was wild offensive. We'll point to you and be like, were we being offensive? Or was it sarcasm? Were we mocking something else? Because we're not mm-hmm. going if you listen to our podcast, we're not doing low hanging fruit, easy humor like that. Right. Like there's right. There's a level of intelligence to our humor. And we do care about the jokes we make and you can see the growth and the evolution from the jokes we used to do when we first started, when we first were right off the block and we were just like, what the fuck is a podcast versus the jokes we do now on Showtime. They're right. still edgy. They're still raunchy, but you have you get it. You're like, wow, there is intelligence here. They're being, they're doing, they're not doing a joke for joke's <laughs> sake. They're doing a joke to get to a certain point or to get a certain message across. And, you know it's like with that power comes the responsibility and we realize if you say certain things you're going to be held responsible for it so everything we say we know we have to stand behind and that's i think people respect that and that's why people are just like i see what they're doing like i respect their humor
1: yeah yeah and i feel like uh, it's also uh uh, part of it is also just like people seeing the the beginnings Mm -hmm. and seeing the growth because it's been organic it hasn't been like yo you got in trouble so you got to pivot you know what I mean? Right. It's been like, oh, you're meeting people from different communities. You're meeting people from, you know, marginalized communities. And they're like, hey, look, like, you know, you might have said this or like, yo, can you like, can you chill with this or that? Or, you know, and it's just like, I don't I don't even want to call it self-censoring. It's just like not being a dick. right? You know what I mean? Like just like taking other people into consideration and making a joke that's going to like if you're a comedian, like your aim is to hit a wider net. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, to cast a wider net. So why would you, you know, like, r- like fight back against people that are like, yo, I want to laugh at the st- stuff that you're doing. I want to be a part of this, but, like, you're literally coming at my neck. Right. Like, you're offending me g- with your with your shit. Like, you know what I mean? That's, that's just counterintuitive to, to, like, wanting to do, like, comedy and be successful, period.
0: Right. Yeah. Like, it doesn't
1: make sense. So, like, whereas the world was our block it's expanded right
0: and
2: then also to be a human you just becoming a human is just like learning from your experiences right and experiences you have you know like there's people i know who have never left the bronx they've never left the, and you're like how how does that happen it's like no everything i have is in the bronx from 233rd to 149th yeah. street i there's no reason for me to leave the bronx and then once you leave the bronx and you start meeting other nationalities you meet other people you're eating other food you're experiencing different cultures and with that As a human, you should be able to glean things from that, learn from these experiences, use that to make your jokes better, use that to make your experiences better. And then, you know, every now and then, you'll come across someone whose viewpoint or just situation you never even considered. And in a million years, you would never consider because you've never been in that situation. It kind of reminds me of once we were doing a meet and greet after one of our shows, and one of our fans was in a wheelchair, and he came up and he was like, thank you for finally getting a venue that's wheelchair accessible. Hmm. And I was like... Holy shit. I've never thought about that before. Like we've been doing all these shows and it wasn't our fault. It was like the venues we were doing are old and they were just like that's just right. the venues that but now it's like wow, all our fans weren't able to come to these shows because they were not wheelchair accessible. Now going forward, that's something we asked for in our venues. And see, like that little experience, we could have g- keep doing shows for like eight years that's it without takes. Even knowing that, but that one person telling us that, right. that puts it on our radar and that changes everything. And then you start looking at other things. You look at how much, like, are we adding captions to the video for our podcast for people who can't read, you know, for the hard of hearing. So it's just that growth.
0: Right. That
2: helps you just become a better person and that helps you just the jokes and not be, a. it's not, not being offensive, but just being just warm nature. And that's what people enjoy us. People, you know, everyone's like, oh, those two guys, they curse a lot and they're assholes. They're just like, oh, right. I like those two guys. They curse a lot, but they're warm. I like them. They, yeah. They're my pals. Yeah. They're
1: funny. I like them. They're a good hang. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's the yeah. whole thing. It's just like, yeah, exactly. Like, no matter who you are, we're a good hang. Man. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like reaching out to all these communities and being like, yo, come come rock with us. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, these guys over there, they don't, they don't fuck with you? Come over here. Mm-hmm. You know, We're for you. The Bodega Hive is for everybody. You know what I'm saying? So just come
2: on by. That's what we call the Bodega Boys. We're those two people in your local market, and you know what? They're talking loud, and they might not know all the facts, but they're entertaining. And you know we're the Bodega Boys in you New know York. The and they're friendly. We're the Wawa Boys in Philadelphia. I guess in L.A. we're the... <laughs> the Air corner... Boys. The Air One Boys.
1: There you go. <laughs> the get, your deer, get, your, get your deer shot. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yo, you want some Xi Jingling? Yeah. We got that. I, I, was
2: saying, I was paid $22 for coconut oil in Erwan, and I did it proudly. I was like, yeah, this is what I was like, this is what they do here. I'm just getting down with the program.
0: Yo, we we were working on our house, and I was seven months pregnant, and we were living in a sublet like down the street from Erwan. And uh-huh. I've never been so forced to shop there in my life because i was like i can't walk any further than this one store it's so close right. i'm so pregnant like i don't want to do anything else and every time i go in there and i check out i just be like i hate just it here blown. i hate just like I'm just, this blown. is the worst why is it? like it's like three pieces of lettuce no. nine dollars like,
2: and you're like how you, but there's so many, how many grains can you put in one bread <laughs> And just, you're looking around and like there's so, 20, many, there's so many people
0: in there. And, you're and just like, no one else is looking around but you. Like, I'm looking, like, right. I'm like oh, okay, bottle of water, $9. I'm like, what's in this water? And everyone else is like, mm, wow. Yeah. So everyone so else delicious. is just reaching
1: across you and getting like yeah. four oh. of the $9 yeah. bottles.
0: And you're
1: like, yeah. wow, okay. So, cool. Yeah. That's $36 worth of children's tears. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, like, we're going to take It's a, like
1: the strangest shit.
0: We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. I'm here to tell you a little bit about my favorite audiobook platform, Libro.fm. That's a platform that allows you to purchase all of your audiobooks directly from your favorite independent bookstore. Libro.fm is about more than just books. It's about putting your purchasing power back into your local community, especially in this time where so many independent bookstores are hurting. Libro.fm is making it easy for you to get started. Anyone new to the platform can go to Libro.fm and get two audiobooks for the price of one when you use the code THESTAX, all one word, at checkout. And if you're looking for an audiobook recommendation, you simply cannot go wrong with God-level knowledge darts by today's guests, Jesus and Marrow. They read it, they're hilarious, it's a total no-brainer. Next time you're thinking of listening to an audiobook, consider making the switch to Libro Fm. Your favorite booksellers will thank you. We're back. We're going to talk a little bit more about the book because this is nominally a book podcast, but it's not every day you get to talk to the Bodega Boys. So if you have a yep. problem with this, yep. you know, sorry about it. Um, but <sighs> we always do talk about how you like to write. So my favorite, one of my favorite questions is, do you have writing snacks and beverages? Do you have a routine? Do you have a place that you like to write? Do you light a candle? Do you smoke Ooh. a blunt? Like, what is your writing setup?
1: Oh, nice. My, I'll tell you right now, I only write on my personal laptop. It's, like, old as hell. It's an old-ass MacBook Pro, whatever the fuck. I don't know. But it's just, like, my first laptop that I got with, like, yo, we're on TV now. Like, because my laptop before that I inherited from my wife from like 2005 okay. so like and it was it was a 13 inch power book it was trash so I got this thing and I only use I like a like you said roll up a nice little backwood you know have like a little beverage and lights are low and I only use text edit oh. for some reason like only okay. write in text edit interesting me and i'll have like four windows open at once like going through different things like a script here a, a short here a book here this thing here and just kind of like you know if i get stuck in one place i'll move over to this and if i get stuck here i'll move over to this and just keep the wheels turning and is it yeah.
0: at the end of the day is it in the morning is there a time of day that works for you or is it whenever oh you... it's at
1: the end of the day of- after the uh, quiet house kids are in bed four kids four kids. kids are in bed you know what I'm saying? Wife is upstairs watching season 20,000 of Grey's Anatomy. I relate. And I'm in the basement, sparking it, and, you know, getting getting, getting down and doing, doing the damn
2: thing. Yeah, me, I use, uh, it's usually from about 1 a.m. That's oh. when I start my writing time. And I have a MacBook Air. So I okay. use um, Google Keep, which is basically the Google version of Evernote. So that way I could just, because every now and then I'll have like little ideas and you can do it on your phone and then it just mm. trans- it goes on whatever uh, computer you go on. Definitely roll up several times. I might go through four or five blunts, but it's just like, you know, I got to keep the Becks on deck, Mr. Beck on Deckerton. And the thing is like, because I'll do it in my living room, but I don't like smoking inside my house because, you know, it makes everything smell. Yes, so I course. go on my balcony. So usually I, I go on my balcony, it's late at night, it overlooks the Bronx, and you know, you see stuff, give you some ideas, if you're just trying to think of, like, something to get out a certain way. But usually, the thing is, I can't sit there and write for long periods, I just get distracted. So while I'm writing, I'll have the TV on, and it'll be showing, like, Frasier or Golden Girls, or I might get up and play video games, and my new thing now is, like, connecting really old video game systems, so I might throw on the Xbox 360 and go back to oh. Grand Theft Auto 3, just ah. to clear your mind. Just little things like, or play. A, I use. For some reason, I have a Wii, one of the first Wiis that came out, and it still works, and I use it almost every night because it's just like... Do you
0: do, like, the it workout?
2: The, I play a baseball. I do MLB Power Pros. Okay. It's like a baseball game. It's, it's super cheesy. But it gets you so concentrated on that that when you're done, it's like a whole new shot of adrenaline, and you can get back in there and start writing. Because every now and then, I'll be writing, and you'll get to something, and it's not I don't want to write about it. It's just I don't feel like writing about that topic today. Or mm-hmm. I just don't feel motivated for that particular subject. Like sometimes the motive, like I'm like I will come in. I want to want I want to write about like being broke because something just happened and it reminded me of this. And I want to add that. And it's like, well, you were supposed to work on this chapter today. You know, get the energy going, or you'll come back to something. So you know, right. it's so ebb and flow. But everything from one to also the worst feeling in the world is look is when the Hallmark Channel switches from Golden Girls to Fr- uh no from Frasier to i love lucy at like 6 a.m because by then the sun is up and you have gotten no sleep and you got to start the day but if you got some work done in between that time it kind
0: of balances out oh my gosh i love your shows (laughs) That's it. they're great Uh, both of you conveniently did not answer the part of the question that i'm the most interested in shockingly is any writing snacks oh snacks
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, Talk man. Snacks. I got some shit I'm right here. Big like, snack I don't, fan. Other, if you I don't know if you can see. This door right here is a pantry. Oh. So, like, there's a bunch of shit back there. There's like cookies and like all types of shit. Like, and my wife hates me because this is supposed to be like extra stuff that's not in the, you know, cupboard mm-hmm. upstairs. But, like, I'll just grab random stuff. Like, I just discovered that these are delicious. I didn't even know, like, Townhouse you know Pita. Like, Huh. Yeah, they're like Mediterranean herb pita crackers. I don't know, but I just started eating them with like dip and shit. And I was like, damn, this this, woo, this is hitting. I don't know <laughs> if it was the weed or what, but like I blew through like two boxes of those. But yeah, no, so, definitely like a little something to munch on and shit because obviously like, you know, you, see, you can do a little token and shit, you know, get a little munchies, you know. And I, mean, I, I once I'm like locked in into this chamber... Like, I'm not trying yeah. to go upstairs and, like, make a sandwich or, like, go turn the oven right. on and burn the house down. We're not doing right, that. Right, right,
2: Yeah, I got... If I have snacks in the house, like, chips and stuff, but I, I'm still a Bronx guy through and through. So if I'm hungry, I got to hit either the bodega or the crown fried chicken. And, yes, it, I will go there at 3 in the morning. And people in there are looking at me like, well, not anymore because now you got the face mask on. So oh, yeah. nobody bothers you. But there's been times that people were like, yo, Jesus, what are you doing in here alone at 3 a.m.? And I'm like... I'm Jesus. Like, what What am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to get food at? And you go to the crown fried chicken. I usually get the dinner box because that comes with the, uh, ooh, that delicious potato salad. It's like mashed potatoes with the, like, fake gravy on it, yeah, which is yeah. really bad for you. But it's hitting at 3 in the morning, especially if you've been smoking. If not, I'll get the pizza from the crown fried chicken because they also make uh, pizza now. Or okay. if I'm really trying to push it, you get uh, the beef patty with cheese and you get pepperoni inside the beef patty with cheese. So it's kind of like a pizza patty. It's sacrilegious to Jamaicans, but okay. it's really good. It hits well, and you know what? You you regret it in the morning. When you wake up in the morning, you're just like, whoa, what was yeah. I doing? What did I eat? Ah, oh, my stomach hurts. But at the moment, it's so good. It's so good. It's so greasy. And then I'm just like, wow, this is the same way William Shakespeare worked. He had a piece of chicken in one hand, and he had the other hand on the MacBook. You know? Yeah, just for sure.
1: For sure. A thousand percent. <laughs> it's also... <laughs> it's sacrilegious to your butthole too bro the next day when you <laughs> we're both violently lactose intolerant by the way uh, you know. i
0: know i got that in the book you guys no, made no, many references no to the lactate no. and i carry lactate for my husband who's also you know the washed vibes. yes you know very the vibes. very You're washed the yeah
2: listen <laughs> much, nothing nothing much is lactate. sexier than on nothing sexier than on a date just reaching into your pocket and pulling out a lactate yeah well, it's, it's even like, better yeah. when your
0: wife reaches into her purse and goes do you want are you sure you don't want a lactate with oh, this oh wow. wow
1: yo yo get out of here is this my life is this my life every yeah. time we go to an Italian place like it's just like here like she yeah. just puts it on like when the before we even order anything she's just lactaid like here take shaming. this you're it's
0: lactate it. shaming for sure <laughs> Um, You guys made reference to it in the book, and you also sort of made reference to it here. Your editor. What does your editor feel? Like, is your editor someone who's edited other people like y'all? Or was he or she like, oh, um, I normally do literary fiction. And then you guys are coming in hot in the Google Doc. Like, I'm so fucking high. Like, yada, yada, yada. And they're like, um...
1: So shout out to uh, Ben Greenberg, bro. Like, sh- yeah, mega no, shout out ben, to him. Like, if he has not worked with people like us, then ben was Bodega Hive from the seems like He seems so, like Okay, he was yeah. super
2: amped. Like everyone at Random House was super amped to work with us. I remember just okay. being in a conference room, and it was it wasn't the kind of thing where they were just like, "Oh, I've heard about you." They were just like, "Oh, Bodega Hive." Ah, ah. They knew about the podcast. They were so amped to work together, and it was just like. They said they've worked on other books. Yes, they, you know, other books, super professional, super literary, blah blah blah. But they said this book was fun to work on, and if you look at the emails we were sending, it didn't seem like an email between an editor and writers. It was just like homies, just uh-huh. like yo, blah yeah. blah blah, you'll do this, yo, don't forget this, ah ah ah, you know this, and then him just sending emails like, oh my god, that last chapter was so funny, keep it up, like little things like that. So he, like, shout to him, he made it super cool to do the book, and also he was in the Google Docs with us. Right. So you know you'd see him in there and like, like he's like ha ha like little notes in the side. <laughs> he just kept it made it so much so easy to work yeah. with. Shout to Ben All right. the God. That's oh that guy.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say that was the funniest part is just that he would pop into the like you know like Google like you know how how you have to like you know solve and edit or whatever in Google Docs. Like yeah. I'm just going through like okay where did I miss a comma where did I fuck up a punctuation or spelling or whatever just going through going through going through like you know proofreading or whatever and. I'm like, you know, you'll come across five or six notes that are just l o l o l o l o l o l. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, uh, okay, uh, resolve. <laughs> Jack, oh
0: my god, I love that. Well, I'm because yeah, I shop. was reading the book, laughing out loud, thinking. You know, a lot of editors in the publishing world are very stuffy and very yeah. Caucasian. And oh, I no. was yeah. thinking like, yo, I'm so curious who their editor was and what that transition was like. But it's dope to hear that it was someone that already was on board with what y'all do. And so you were able to oh, just yeah. be you.
1: That's He great. was not stuffy at all. He was very Caucasian, but he was not stuffy at all. <laughs>
0: They're almost all very Caucasian, to be honest. Yes. Um, that's true. I know you read magazines and all that type of shit. Do you guys read books too? And what sort of stuff are you reading that are books? Oh yes. Yes. Uh, I have to oh, read man. books. I like
1: art stuff. Like, I uh shout out to Cat Marnell. I'm 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 a, I'm a little late, but like I have oh, been enjoying life? How to Murder Your Life. You know what I'm saying? Uh PPP gang all day. We're out here. And um I have a bunch of uh, like art, graphic design type of books. Like this, oh, nice. this one's really dope because it's really big. It's huge. Wait, Beyond the streets. It... Oh yeah, say, uh, say the name. This ra- is a podcast. Beyond the streets. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, yeah. No, I'm showing the video. Like a bo- Like a bozo. <laughs> it's Beyond the Streets: Vandalism as Contemporary Art, compiled by Roger Gassman. The other one okay. was How to Murder Your Life by Cat Marnell. So, with those two, also um, uh, Peace Book and World Peace Book by David Viorente, aka Chino um like those two and also and and speak and we were started talking about shea serrano uh. you know i dove headfirst into basketball and other things and so movies good. and other things and it it's just like so good and i was just so like great. bro like the like you were talking about like voice and like the like the casualness of the thing but mm-hmm. like it was still very structured and good i was yeah. just like man like that's That's like goals, literary goals, like having a book that's super duper fun to read, but isn't like a mess. That's just like all over the place. Right. Uh, totally.
2: Yeah, I got to read because uh, my mother I was raised. My mother was a librarian, so I have to read. Like if she finds out I'm not reading, she'll come up here from Florida and smack me in my head. (laughs) But right now I'm revisiting because I was also an English major. So I read a whole bunch of a million, like every book ever written. Probably in one day for like one class because the teachers were merciless. But um, I was rereading Black Richard Rice Richard Rice Black Boy mm. when this all started, when the lockdown started, and like I'm super I've, me, I've read it 50 billion times, but this time reading it like I never realized I kind of glossed over the whole communist socialist aspect mm. when, towards the end because toward that toward, when I was younger that was like boring to me, right. but then reading that part of it now, especially with everything that's going on. It has a whole new frame of reference, and then another good throwback, "Parable of the so- of the Sower" by yeah. Octavia Butler, which is listen for the pandemic. Come on, it's all things are all things that I read in the past are they take a whole new um, just they, you look at them differently now because like we're in a time that you wouldn't like it's kind of like that Twilight Zone episode where that guy, he's always busy, he's always busy, and then he, like, the world... Something happens to the world, and he has that whole collection of books. And he's like, mm. I finally have time to read. I finally mm. have time to read. But then his glasses break, and it's, like, <laughs> tragedy. But right now, we're at that point where, yes, people have time to read. We're stuck at home. Right. We're all, like... Yes, we have jobs and everything, but you have opportunities. Like, you can read in the bathroom. Even You don't have to read a whole book. You can read a piece of a book. And it's like, we're not running around as frantically as we used to be. We're very... At home, it's like the op like they made Quibi because they were just like, Oh, everyone's gonna be running around. They want to watch shows on the go. And it's like, no, right, right, right now <laughs> we we just got time, baby. We just yeah. got time. Bad timing.
0: Really, really bad timing. And
2: remember, books are the original version of Netflix dropping a whole series at once. Right. So right. you know, just I'm just so we're, like I'm just revisiting old books that I've come to love and enjoy. And you know, just read it because magazines are cool, but when you read a book and then you're able to put it on your bookshelf, especially yeah. now with Zoom, now yeah. you're bragging. <laughs> now, like you, you hopping Zoom. You're like, look at all these books I read. What's up? and then you could get because I'm flossing with it. You can put them in color order.
0: You can that's put me. like brand I'm new. I'm team color yeah. order. I'm team color yeah, order. The,
2: look, we could do a whole podcast on flexing on Zoom using books.
0: Oh, there's like articles. It's like, oh, look what look what Meryl Streep is reading. I'm like, eh, right? Not not impressed. Mm-hmm. Meryl honestly could do better. <laughs> Not enough diversity on your bookshelf, yeah. Meryl. Um, I'm like, wow. But, yeah. There's a lot.
2: There's a lot of James Patterson back there. Ooh, <laughs> it's true. You Yo, like if B- you want to
0: reread, if you want to reread a book right now, um, we're doing on the podcast this month is uh, the autobiography of Malcolm X. I just reread mm-hmm. it last week, and that shit slaps so hard right now. It's wild. It's that wild. Book, like that book I read is stuff it that, the first time. The first time you read it, you're like, whoa. This was my second read, and I read it last week. And the whole shit, I was like, is he still, is this some Tupac shit? Like, he's still alive? Like, what the (laughs) fuck? He's like all over. It's wild. It's It's so wild.
2: It's so relevant. Yeah.
0: Okay, I only have time for one more question. And this one is inspired actually by you guys and what you do on the show, which is you guys have Mm. your neon sign. So I wanted to take a version of that. I might keep doing it forever, but it is inspired by you all. What is the title of your memoir?
2: Ooh, the title of my memoir. I already worked on this. So the title of my (laughs) memoir are All Our Dreams Are Newborn Kids Playing With the Plastic Bag from Dry Cleaning.
0: (laughs) Damn. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to read that. I don't even know what that means, but I'm so fucking juiced.
1: Hey, bruh. Just because I did this shit Don't mean you can't
0: Flex, 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 flex,
1: flex Oh my gosh
0: I love it so much um, Shout out
2: to right. you Shout out to you for that question Because everybody usually goes What do you want your neon sign to be? And you switched it
0: you I did switch it Yay,
2: flip it yeah, you out to you
0: Thank you to- I- Thank you I tried I appreciate that You know I try I try not to be like everybody else You know I try to actually nah, Think gotta, for a little you- bit
1: Stacks is so different, different
0: yes stacks. oh my gosh thank you both so much for being here the book is called <laughs> god level knowledge darts it's by Jesus and marrow not to be You're confused a. with anybody else aka the bodega boys aka 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 um, y'all are vibes. so dope <laughs> they have a podcast they have a tv show on showtime that just got picked up for another season they are new yeah. york times best-selling authors and they are now officially friends of the stacks pod thank you both so much for being here Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank Yay. you. And we will Shout see you in the stacks. stacks. all day. Okay, okay. Yeah. Keep, keep on stacking. Yeah, keep <gasps> so stacking, you have to say, y'all. No, you got to say, That's we'll right. see you in the Stacks. Okay. That's the sign off. Got you. you ready? Yeah, Yo. Yeah, we'll see you in the Stacks. We'll see you in the Stacks. All I'll right. We'll see you in the Stacks. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Thank you to Jesus and Mero for being this week's illustrious guests. Also, a huge thank you to Taylor Noel, Vanessa Agovito, and Allison Alonso for making this interview happen. Remember, the Stacks Book Club pick for October is the autobiography of Malcolm X, as told to Alex Haley. And we will be discussing the book on Wednesday, October 28th with Mark Lamont Hill. Please make sure you're subscribed to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a rating and a review. For more from The Stacks, follow us on social media at thestackspod on Instagram and at thestackspod underscore on Twitter. And check out our website, thestackspodcast.com. Today's episode was edited and produced by Sebastian Alcala. Our graphic designer is Robin McCrite, and our theme music is from Tagirajist. The Stacks is created and produced by me, Tracy Thomas.